good Friday evening and happy Juneteenth to all. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG coming to you on this June 19th, 2020. Very, very special show today. Uh, along with it being Juneteenth, uh, today is a day that we, and I say we, those of us in the D.C. Maryland region, I don't know too much about Virginia, but those of us in the D.C. Maryland region, uh, we take these the 17th, 18th, and 19th, and we remember, uh, in most opinions, myself included, one of the best basketball players to come out of PG County, and that is none other than Leonard Kevin Bias, a.k.a. Len Bias, a.k.a. Frosty. Uh, you know, when it comes around this time, everybody focuses on his death. And that's not what we're going to do here tonight. What we're going to do here tonight is focus on his life. And what some say could have been, but what I like to say what should have been. Okay, so sit back, relax. We're going to take a trip through time, space, and we're going to relive some things. And then we're going to kind of sort of reshape history just a little bit. Uh, as always, any questions, comments, um, anything you would like to add, you can always hit us up, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. So it doesn't matter day night uh early late don't matter you got something to say hit us up we'll get right back to you all right all right let's jump into it now limbies out of northwest uh number two overall pick in 1986 went behind brad darty uh six eight between 210 and 220 Small forward had one of the purest jumpers you've ever seen, and that was developed over time. He wasn't highly recruited out of high school, but the improvement he showed uh, his four years at Merlin made him a number two pick. Uh, could jump out of the gym. Uh, you go on YouTube and you see tribute videos and highlight videos of his jumper and him dunking uh it's a particular video that i love i told my son about it uh night before last i said i don't even remember if i ever showed you this uh he jumped to swat a shot he was standing you know pretty much under the basket he jumped to swat a shot he his hand was above the square and he rejected and i don't mean he just got fingertips on it i mean he put some oomph on that shot swap, okay? Uh, 1986 first-team All-American, 1985 second-team All-American, uh, two-time ACC Player of the Year, 85 and 86, two-time first-team All-ACC in 85 and 86. He was your ACC Athlete of the Year in 86. As a senior in high school, he was a parade All-American. Now, I talked about improvement. When he came in as a freshman, they called him raw, undisciplined. 
uh, a lot of people tell stories about how he would whine if he couldn't get foul calls in middle school. And then as he got older, the whining stopped and it just intensified his game even more. Um, he, as a freshman, he averaged 7.1 points a game. Sophomore, he doubled it 15.3 points a game. As a junior, 18.9 points a game. As a senior, 23.2 points per game. Uh, at Maryland, he played with Adrian Branch, Tony Massenberg, who was a freshman when Lynn was a senior, uh, Ben Coleman. Uh, the Terps won the 84 ACC tournament. Uh, three NCAA tournament appearances. Um, I think one Sweet 16 run. And the NCAA, if the NCAA field was as big as it is now, Maryland would have went all four years. Um, during his senior year, he was compared to Michael Jordan with a better shot. And MJ was in his second year in the league. Uh, him and MJ did a barnstorming tour. I believe it was right after or right before MJ's senior year. And the story has it. Um, well, not senior year. MJ stayed till he was a junior. Uh, but it was right before MJ went into the NBA. And the story has it that when these two met, MJ said what they call you. He said, Ice. He said, all right, Ice. Well, they called me Black Ice. And they sat around and they had conversation upon conversation about how to defend this person, how to defend that person, uh, toughest defense. They just had, they hit it all very well. And one thing that you could see, and you, you hear from the stories, um, this could have been a friendship and budding rivalry in a few years okay now if you haven't read the book born ready i'm gonna need you to go pick that up i got that a couple of years ago uh father's day one of my favorite books because it's about lynn bias uh it's a great book a lot of stories a lot of you know different people and how they saw. Uh, now we go to 86. Red Arback said he schemed for three years, three years to draft Lenny. Now, how was that possible, you say? The Celtics, the 86 Celtics, I'm sorry, 85, 86 Celtics. Let's, let's put it in perspective. This team, Considered one of the greatest teams of all time. All right. They went 67, 85, 86. They went 67 and 15. 67 and 15. They went 40 and 1 at home. This is so unheard of. The only other team that matched it was the 2016 Spurs. That absolutely. Beast at home. Larry Joe Bird, one of the greatest players of all time, in my opinion, the greatest shooter of all time, won his third consecutive MVP. Bill Walton came over that year, won six man of the year, and 
the thing is with Bill Walton, Walton had a problem with knees, ankles, and his feet. They traded for him from the Clippers. He gave Boston his word he was healthy enough to play. He gave them 80 games, got the sixth man of the year, and was a major contributor in Boston winning the championship that year. Uh, you had, of course, the front court of the big three, Bird, McHale, Parrish. One of the greatest front courts of all time, ever assembled. Uh, what else, what are the awards? Larry Bird won a ton of awards that year. Associated Press Athlete of the Year. MVP, as I mentioned before. Most Valuable Player of the NBA Finals. He was a first, uh, all-NBA first team. Kevin McHale was an all-defensive, all-NBA defensive first team. Dennis Johnson, one of the best defensive guards ever to play the game. 1979 Finals MVP, Dennis Johnson, was an all-NBA defensive second team. Of course, as I said before, uh, Bill Walton won sixth man of the year. Larry Bird won the three-point shootout that year. And he was a three-point field goal percentage leader. Now, that three-point shootout, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year that <laughs> Larry Bird walked in the locker room and said, all right, which one of y'all going to come in second? You already know when it comes to trash talking, you know how Larry Bird is. Now, how in the world did the Celtics get win the championship and get the number two pick in the 86 draft it's crazy because Red Arback was a mastermind a genius he was a team builder now what he did in 1984 he traded Gerald, Gerald Henderson and to the Seattle Supersonics they fell at the end of the 85-86 season the Celtics owned the best team, but also the second pick in the NBA draft because of that trade he made in 84. See, we talk about great coaches all the time, and we mentioned Red the other night uh, when we were talking about Pop. But when I talk when I talk about Red, it's a it's a love, a love for his basketball mind, his philosophy. Just the type of person that he was. And one thing about Red, he knew it wasn't checkers. It was chess. And just like Bill Walsh, Bill, you know, we always say Bill Walsh played chess on Star Trek level. You know, it, it was it's four boards with pieces on, and he's playing all four boards at the same time. That's how Red played. Red played chess like that. In order to get you won a championship and got the number two pick. Shrewd business. Great. So, 86 draft comes. He said he schemed for three years to get him. Three years. He's getting ready to bring Lynn Bias into the Celtics dynasty. And everybody knows it's a foregone conclusion that Lynn is good enough. He's drafted. He's going to, and and Larry Bird said, if you draft Lynn Bias, he was going to come to rookie camp and work with him. So you already got Larry Bird working with him. Then, of course, McHale and Parrish, he already tough. They're going to make him even tougher. 
DJ gonna you know show him the ropes with with with, with defense. It, it was so much that was gonna happen at one time. It was gonna be awesome. Now you think about it, drafting a limb bias was would have definitely prolonged Larry Bird's career maybe another two years. Maybe we would have got to 94, 95 with Larry Bird, all right? Now, 86 draft comes, and this is the potential lineup. You got the greatest front court ever assembled, Parrish, McHale, Bird, with Danny Ainge and Dennis Johnson in the backcourt. Instead of Luke, I meant Luke Walton, Bill Walton being your sixth man, Lynn Bias would be your sixth, but then off the bench you would have Sam Vincent, Scott Wetman, Jerry Sisting, Rick Carlisle, and Bill Walton coming off the bench. Now, like I said, we're not focusing on uh, Lynn's untimely death. I'm going to paint the picture as if he played that 86-87 season. Now, they went 59-23, and 23, still good. First in the division, first in the conference. But they lost to the Lakers. Now imagine they still lost to the Lakers. They still finished the same record. Lost to the Lakers 4-2. Alright? We switch over. We go to 87-88. And they still got the number 22 pick in the 87 draft. And they still draft Reggie Lewis. Now Reggie Lewis. One of those famous Dunbar poets. Uh, out of Baltimore. That I've always talked about because him uh Muggsy Bogues David Wingate Reggie Williams all played together at one point or another for Dunbar uh and Dunbar that those that 80 81 82 82 83 uh Dunbar teams undefeated all right undefeated 60 games no losses. Now, Reggie Lewis is 6'7", 195. You could put him at the two. Lynn at the three. And that's your one-two punch for the future. So, you, you kind of cut Bird's minutes back a little bit. And then all you have to do is get yourself a good power forward to take some in, in a cent. Well, Robert Parrish, you know, he played well into the 90s. But you get you a good power forward and center combo that can take the minutes off of those guys. The next thing you know, the dynasty keeps rolling. So here we go. Here we go. We go into 87. And Boston went see 57 and 25. Still first in the division, still first in the conference. Now with Reggie Lewis being picked Reggie Lewis and Lynn Bias would have they got to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lost to the Pistons. They wouldn't have lost to the Pistons if they had Lynn Bias or Reggie Lewis. Now, Reggie Lewis didn't play very many minutes, but I think him and Lynn Bias playing together, it would have been totally different. Totally different. The game would have been way, way different. Okay? Now, un unfortunately, we lost Reggie Lewis. In 93. One of the worst summers of my life. I, I was talking to BJ about it uh, last week. And I said 93 was one of the worst springs 
slash summers of my life. Uh, little personal side note. The spring because I was a Fab Five fan. I, I loved the Fab Five because it, they look like me. Long shorts, long socks, black shoes, black socks, ball heads. You know, that that was that was my thing. You know, that was me, you know. So the, I, I related to the Fab Five. When they lost to North Carolina, I laid in the floor and cried. 11 years old, I laid in the floor and I cried. I mean, boo-hoo like a baby. It's funny to me now, and it took me a long time to get over it. But it started there. Then uh, we come into the summer. I lost my uncle in June. I lost him on the 4th of June of 93. Then uh, three days later, Drazen Petrovic, one of my favorite players at the time, uh, we lost him in a car accident on the 7th. And it was just, it was rough. I lost two aunts that summer. We lost Reggie Lewis that summer, another one of my favorite players. You know, I kind of just was like, what is going on? Um, Michael Jordan's dad was killed that summer. Uh, MJ retired later in that fall. He retired, uh, what was that, October 7th, two days before my 12th birthday. So my all-time favorite player, well, not all-time, but my favorite player for my favorite team retired. Now, I'm, my all-time favorite player is always going to be Magic Johnson. It's always going to be Magic. Because that's who I wanted to be. Everybody else wanted to be Jordan. I wanted to be Magic. But MJ retired. That was a rough year sports-wise for 11-slash-12-year-old me. So that's why I call it one of my worst summers ever. Okay? But back on topic. If Reggie Lewis and Lynn Bias played together, and they, they knew each other from when Lynn was in college, Reggie was still in high school. Everybody knew those guys coming out of Baltimore. Those boys could hoop coming out of Baltimore. Once Lynn Bias got to Merlin, you knew who Lynn Bias was. Imagine them two together. Together. That's your one-two punch that's going to take you into the 90s. All right? So... Here's, here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going. The dynasty would have continued. Bird career would have been longer. Mikhail could have took time off to get uh he was playing with a broken foot in uh 87. So he could have took time off to get surgery early. Came back refreshed. All right. Uh Parrish is still going strong. Bird's back had gave out in 90. So Bird's minutes could have been limited, but you would have still had Lynn playing three. Right? So you going in the 90. Now imagine this. Lynn Bias and Reggie Lewis together. There would be no no uh, 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 Pistons dynasty. There would be no Pistons dynasty. The Bulls wouldn't have six championships. The Bulls may have four. But I believe that uh, the, 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 the Celtics would have four more. They would have had 87, 88, possibly 89. So that's another three, possibly. But 90 probably would have been shot. That probably would have went to the Pistons. And then 91, 
they might not have beat the Bulls. Uh, 92, they wouldn't have beat the Bulls. 93, they may have beat the Bulls. And they may have destroyed the Suns. Depending who they added, it would have been, history would have been different. And I'm just, I'm, I'm prophesying here. But history would have been different. Jordan would have never retired in 93. Because he would have still had a challenge. It would still be trying to get past the Celtics. The Celtics would have been his nemesis. And I don't think that uh, New York would have been the bullies of the East. The way that they were in the 90s. Well, in the early 90s, I should say. Because the Celtics would have would would have been, you know, as my grandmother said, time enough for them. The Celtics would have gave him some good bump. All right? So, for sure, MJ wouldn't have six rings. But he would have had that, uh, to, to, to MJ would have had bias. Pippen would have had Reggie Lewis. See what I'm saying? It would have been the dynamic duo versus the Legion of Doom. <laughs> you see, but, and you can take that any way you want, whoever's who, but it'd be do those two. But bias would be Jordan's driving force. Jordan would be bias's driving force. And it would have made for so much good basketball. And the Celtics dynasty, you know, think about it. The Celtics won titles in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. When the 90s hit, that was a dark period for the C's. Lynn Bias would not have been the dark period of the Celtics. That would have been the continuation. That was the, that him and Reggie Lewis would have been the continuation of the Celtics dynasty. All right. You got a, 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 a physical specimen that's six, eight pure jump shot. I mean, just straight up, straight down, bottom of the net could bang on you. And then think about how the game evolved from the 80s to the 90s. His game would evolve. And, and you see what I mean? And, and, and barring any major injury. He's going at Jordan's throat. On a nightly basis. It's, and they're in the same conference. So, Jordan's got to pick up the paper. How much Lynn scored last night? Oh, shoot. Lynn had 35 and 10. But then you got to look at it. Shit, Reggie Lewis had 28 and 6. Whew. Them boys bad. Exactly. But it'd be vice versa. Lynn picking up the paper to see what Jordan did the night before. But the Celtics would have been built for that run. Because... It would have been on the broad shoulders of one Lynn Bias. You see what I'm saying? That's the picture I'm trying to paint of what could have been, what should have been for 90s basketball. Uh, the, 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 the rivalry, you know, then when the Young Bucks come in in the mid-90s, when you get the, you know, Reggie Miller steps into the spotlight. Um... Jason Kidd comes into the league. You got the Sonics in the West. You know, the, 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 the terrain changes. And the league kind of goes in a different direction. You see Jordan and Bias going in that direction too. And they, they become the elder statesmen 
but they still rule the league. And I seen uh, for those that not not too familiar with Lynn, somebody said he's he can be compared to LeBron James with a smaller frame. But I don't think that's an accurate depiction because he for 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 his smaller frame, he had a way better jumper than LeBron. That jumper was developed and worked on tirelessly to be damn near automatic, okay? So, to say, you know, he's LeBron with a a smaller frame, nah, 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 nah. I would have loved to seen what could have been, but... Everybody's wearing, you know, running around rocking Jordans. You know, you rock your retro Jordans, but check this out. Everything would have went the way it went. You'd be rocking uh, uh, Reeboks. And Lynn had his own signature shoe, the BB5600. Uh, High top Reebok. Uh, after he passed away, they made it in black. But the shoe was originally supposed to be red, white, and blue, if I'm not mistaken. But, of course, the Celtics wore black shoes anyway, so it would have been in black. But that one-two punch that would have been Reggie Lewis, Lynn Bias, and then all you had to do was build around him. Bird's career would have been longer. Mikhail's career would have been longer. Parrish probably would have stayed a Celtic a little longer. And then you just bring in the young puppies. I don't think Eric Montrose would have ever been a Celtic. I don't think... uh, 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 Todd Day would ever been a Celtic. It's a lot of players that would have never been Celtics because they wouldn't have been able to to fit in with the direction the team was going in. And it's just, it, it baffles me. It boggles the mind because this man, even at 22, 22, he worked his way. He averaged seven points a game as a freshman. You go from averaging seven points four seasons later. Well, three seasons, four seasons, however you want to count it. You're averaging 23. You're the ACC Athlete of the Year. All right? ACC Player of the Year two times. Um, um, the, 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 the amount of greatness that was on the horizon is unfathomable. And I know it's a lot of old heads that can sit down and probably tell you better than I could. And I I absolutely I I I love Lynn Bias because number one, to see somebody come from the same start that most of us, a lot of us came from. Being a baller in PG County, going to a PG County school and making a name for yourself. Not highly recruited out of high school. You go, you stay local, you go, you know, you home. Home is is 10 minutes away from the campus. And you make a name for yourself in your own backyard. Now, I can't knock football and basketball players that leave the area and go elsewhere to play. You, you go, 
you know, where, where, where you're offered and things like that. But And you go where you have an opportunity to play. I get it. I get it. But he stayed home in the backyard. And he made a name for himself. His number 34 is hanging in the rafters at the Xfinity Center. It was hanging at Cold Field House. But, you know, when they moved it, it's hanging at Xfinity Center. Uh, I just, the, 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 the possibilities would have been endless because he's going into a championship team. And if everything stayed the exact same from the time he was drafted, everything stayed the same draft-wise, team-wise, the Celtics were forced to deal with up until, I'll say, about 89. And I don't think, I swear, in my heart of hearts, if Len Bias is on that team in 87, the Pistons do not beat the Celtics. They do not. Because you got an added scoring punch. Now, Kevin McHale, man of a thousand moves on a block, would get you on the block, get you on his hip, and would call out his moves and score. But think about this. You got... Everybody knows what Larry Bird can do. Larry Bird will tell you he's going to score 60 with his left hand. He's going to go do it. But you got the extra dynamic of Len Bias. So, and at this time, think about it. He is going to be, what, 24? And you really think that, uh, uh, that, that the, um, this is 88. So, he, yeah, he's going to be 24, get ready to turn 25. So he's jumping out of the gym. He's nothing but a ball of energy. And then you have the – the the not only do you have Larry Bird in his ear, Kevin McHale, uh, you got Red from upstairs in his ear. Um, So you got – you got guys. And then 88, 89 – They they got swept by the Pistons. The Celtics got swept by the Pistons in the first round. That would not have happened. All right? Would not have happened. I'm I'm just going to say it. And you got the right people around him in his ear pushing him to get better. You know, you got that, 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 that young cat. You know, the black cat, per se. Up in Chicago, pushing. I just the things. That's one thing that I always say that Lin Bias was supposed to be. Lin Bias and Michael Jordan was supposed to be the the next generation's Magic and Bird. Only difference is they would be playing in the same conference, but that's what they were supposed to be. That's what we that we were robbed of. That I will say that I will say just that. We were robbed of it because Lynn Bias would have set this league on fire. No doubt in my mind. No doubt. Just to, to sit here and think about just the different scenarios of how certain things, it would have changed the course of history altogether. There would, like I said, there would be the Celtics dynasty would have continued. 
there would be no Pistons dynasty. And it's not if you feel that it would have been, feel free to 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 hit me up. I'll schedule you. We'll do an interview and you tell me how you figure it would be a Pistons dynasty with Lynn Bias playing for the Celtics. Cause he would uh uh-uh, cut that. All right. It's just it's a lot that could have been ah man, it's you got all we got right now is hindsight. We have memories, uh what ifs. I call Lin Bias my biggest NBA what if. And only only person that I can put on the same level with biggest NBA what if is Benji Wilson. Magic Johnson with a shot is what they call Benji. That's the only other person I could put on that level of biggest what if. Because we were robbed of Benji too. I just, as I sit here, I do this recording. Everything that I've ever been told about the greatness that is Lin Bias. Uh, My mom talked about him a lot. She still does. And it's, I'm at a loss for words as to explain it, but it's, it's one of those things that no matter how old or how long it's been, it's going to always be a story. And one story that everybody brings up, February 20th, 1986. The 12 and 11, Maryland Turpins, go down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina to play the 25 and 1 University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, he's not facing up against Jordan. He's facing Brad Doherty, Kenny Smith, those guys. Still a good team. And, of course, Brad Doherty went number one overall. Now, it's been some memorable games in Maryland basketball history in the last 35 years, 40 years, I'll say. Let's say 40. In the last 40 years, it's been some 40 years, it's been some memorable games. Uh, the championship run in 2002 was memorable. Um, Drew Nichols shot against, oh, was that UNC Asheville, I believe it was, and shoots it. Goes in, he keeps running off the court. He hit his runner and ran off the court. The 26-point comeback against Duke was a memorable game. But this game on February 20th, 1986, in the Dean Dome, had just opened a month prior. They had not lost a game there. Lynn walks in there with that PG County swag, 35 points, makes one of the Greatest plays in college basketball history where he scores, steals the inbound, dunks it over his head. One of the greatest sequences ever in college basketball history. That right there, the the, the thunderous dunks, the pretty jumper, those are the things that I, I tell everybody. I said, don't remember how he died. 
Remember how he played. Remember how he lived. Remember how he evolved. How he brought his game up. Remember those dunks. Remember those shots. Okay? It's just... The, like I keep saying, what should have been would have been, it would have changed the whole entire landscape. That is the NBA. The NBA as we knew it in the late 80s and the entire 90s would have been different. Think about it. We all say that uh, Magic and Bird saved the NBA. They say Jordan took it global. LeBron made it mobile. But every every goat has to have an equally talented uh, nemesis. Now, uh, Bill Russell, I, I call him, you know, everybody says MJ's the goat. No complaint from me. Bill Russell's supreme goat. He is the supreme goat. He had Wilt Chamberlain. Magic had Bird. Who did Jordan have? Jordan didn't really have anybody to play off of. You know, as far as, you know, a nemesis. He had teams, you know, that did things to stop him. But I'm talking about that one-on-one nemesis. May not even check each other, may not play the same position, but that nemesis. For the most part, LeBron doesn't really have a nemesis. I mean, he does. Kawhi, you could say Kawhi. You could even say Kevin Durant is LeBron's nemesis. So LeBron kind of has that. But you undoubtedly know LeBron's tops. But when it came to, when you talk about Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, half a say Bill, half a say Will, okay? Magic and Bird, half would say Magic, half would say Bird. If it would have been Jordan and Bias, half would have said MJ. You know the whole entire DMV would have said daggone Bias. And we 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 rule everything, so don't even worry about it. It's going to be, it would have been Bias. Would Jordan still be considered a GOAT is the question. Because he wouldn't have ran the league so fast, so easily in the 90s. Because he would have had a 6'8", 210, 220, small forward, stopping him. That could jump out of the gym. Could take him to the rack and play defense. You know, he would have had another brick wall. And that's that's one of the reasons why I just wanted to just come with just different scenarios. And I, I sit around and I think about things. And it, 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 let's be honest, it makes me say it because what should have been never was. And that hurts. That, that really does. It does. But there's no way we can alter history. So we got to take it for what it is. But 34 years ago on the 17th, Frosty was drafted. By the Boston Celtics, number two overall in the 86 draft. 34 years ago today, June 19th, uh, he passed away. 
a lot of dreams were shattered with his death. But one thing I can say, a lot of lives were saved. Uh, one life in particular was my own. Because you, you, you heard the stories of potentially, allegedly, what happened. And it kind of steered you away from things. And that's one thing that I do credit his death with. It steered me away from a lot of things. So I, I, I do have to say that. But the simple fact that he didn't get to these scenarios that I laid out tonight, I, the simple fact that they didn't happen kind of makes you upset. But uh, we can sit around and we can talk all day long about, you know, different ways this would have worked. And we could pull up. I, I'll, I'll love to sit down and just do a show and just pull up different things and see who was out there, who the Celtics could have got, just to put a team together. And I would just love to see what the Bulls would come up with to beat. Because that's the Bulls. The Bulls would have been playing to try to beat the Celtics still. It wouldn't have been trying to beat the Pistons anymore. It would have been trying to beat the Celtics still. So MJ would have four rings. Lynn would have four. And that's, we just talking 90s. And we talking maybe up until, I'll say up until 96. And one of my favorite Bulls teams probably would have never been. That was the 96 Bulls. The greatest team ever. Probably wouldn't even exist. How about that? How about that? That's how cold. Frosty was the greatest team of all time would never exist how about that now mind you he be going in the year 10 and 90 and 96 so think about that no that was 95 96 so year 9 uh, think about that think about the tricks of the trade that he would learn uh when did Larry Bird go to coaching? Larry Bird went to coaching in what, 97, 98? Larry Bird probably wouldn't have went to Indiana. Larry Bird probably would have coached. Imagine Larry Bird coaching the Celtics with Len Bias still on the team. Reggie Lewis still on the team. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> we wouldn't have got those Pacer teams that, that, that gave New York fits. Well, you probably got some of it. But that would have been lower level. The ticket to see would have been in the 90s would have been. It wouldn't have been Bulls Knicks. It would have been Bulls Celtics. That would have been the ticket right there. Oh, man. Just the possibilities are absolutely endless. Ah, But one thing I can say. uh one Lynn Bias, man, just what what should have been with him and Reggie Lewis. They would have took that that dark period that Celtics had in the '90s would have never happened. So you you you're erasing a lot of things. You're erasing a dark period for the Celtics. You're erasing the Pistons dynasty. You're erasing the greatest team ever. You're taking MJ down to four rings. Oh man, just 
what could have been. Whew. But every year, uh, you know, when it comes to, even though Maryland doesn't play in the ACC anymore, but when it comes to tournament play and anytime Maryland plays UNC, you know, Lynn Bias highlights come up. Uh, Maryland versus Virginia. Uh, Maryland versus uh, Navy, where he had battles against them. Uh, just anytime that you can talk about the greatness that is one Lynn Bias. You, you got to do it. You got to do it. So to you youngsters, unsure of what you just heard, go, especially youngsters from D.C., Maryland, especially if you live in, if you live in College Park, Columbia Heights, uh, what is that, Riverdale, Columbia Park, I mean, anywhere around that area, anywhere. And you don't know who Lynn Bias is. I'm going to need you. You you got it at your fingertips. I'm going to need you to pick up a, a book. It can be an e-book, an audio book. I don't care. Pick up a book. Go to YouTube. And just type in Lynn Bias highlights. And just sit there and watch. Mesmerize. Now, I haven't watched this uh, documentary that uh, Kevin Durant did about uh, PG County basketball. But I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Lynn Bias has to be talked about very, very heavily out of PG County. And I'm proud to say out of PG County. Everybody and their mama related to him in this area because he was from right here. He wasn't a transplant. He was from right here. Ah! I could go on and on, but I'm going to go ahead and end it right there. Um, so 34 years ago today, we lost a legend. The Landover legend is what I like to call him. Uh, but his memory will always live on through podcasts such as Sideline Junkies, uh, books, YouTube, general storytelling. And just conversations about how great of a player he was and what should have been. All right. So not going to hold y'all. Next time you hear this melodious voice will be on Saturday night for the WrestleManiacs with the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, the Nubian Sumo James, and of course myself, the big guy KG. So for all the fellas on special assignment tonight, that's all our time. Thank you for listening. I'm out of here. Peace.